0: Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at PharmacyPodcast.com.
1: Hello, this is Sherry Rockelschmidt. I'm a pharmacist and the clinical coordinator with GRS Holdings, and you are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.
0: What is your pharmacy great at? How do independent pharmacies compete with national chains, PBMs? What's a reason to switch to an independent pharmacy? How can you market your independent community pharmacy, long-term care pharmacy, or specialty pharmacy different than other providers? What's going to give you a competitive edge? Listen to the Pharmacy Podcast Show's new marketing segment brought to you by... GRX Marketing with co-host Nicole McClure to learn more.
2: Hi, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Nicole McClure, a new co-host for the show and co-founder of GRX Marketing. I'm excited to be a part of the podcast team and to bring you ideas and insights on marketing your pharmacy in this ever-changing industry. For my first podcast, I will be speaking with Sherry Schmidt pharmacist and clinical coordinator at GRX Holdings, who owns 18 independent pharmacies in the central Iowa area. She has personally administered over 20,000 flu shots over the past 15 years. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So it's hard to imagine, but, um, you know, flu season is right around the corner and um, you know, pharmacies, uh, they're giving immunizations throughout the, the whole year, but the flu season always has kind of the kickoff of the, the start of the busy season. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you think uh, giving immunizations in the pharmacy setting has evolved in the last five years or so. I think you
1: kind of touched on it when you talked about, you know, flu season and getting started. Um, and that's kind of how pharmacies started with immunizations, as most pharmacies started by giving flu shots. But now we've seen that evolve to pneumonia, Zostavax, um, and beyond. A lot of pharmacies are doing Gardasil and hepatitis and travel immunization. So I think the pharmacy has kind of become the place where um, you expect to have an enhanced level of care, and it's a very convenient place for and very accessible for patients to come in and get an immunization. And then, as pharmacy moves towards value based payments and all of healthcare are moving towards um, having expectations for performing at a certain level and being paid for those, I think immunization plays a big role in that because a lot of the re- um, ratings for providers are based on things like um, pneumonia, ho- pneumonia hospital readmissions. So, um, I think immunizations can play a big role in, in value based healthcare as well.
2: Okay. Um- And what would, I guess, what advice would you give to um, any pharmacy owner that, you know, maybe they're giving flu shots um, right now, but that's really all they do, um, and they really would like to grow their immunization offerings this year? What advice would you give them to get started?
1: Um, I'd say the first thing I would tell them is to get educated. So um, you need to know everything inside and out about the vaccinations that you're giving, just like you do about the medications that you dispense. So um, become an expert on the immunizations that you offer. Um, the CDC has some great resources. They have um, something called Pink Book Webinars, which are kind of little hour CE webinars where you can listen to specific topics to learn about them. Um, also, I, I suggest everybody reads the MMWR ACIP guidelines for the recommended vaccines, and that will help you with writing your protocols and understanding how to answer patient questions and how to screen patients and just answer all the questions you may have with giving an immunization, because I think that's the biggest thing is pharmacists kind of have a fear of, you know, they're comfortable with um, maybe influenza vaccinations, but like maybe Zostavax or pneumonia or Gardasil or hepatitis, not as comfortable, and so if you get educated, you'll be more comfortable. Um, the other thing I would say is check the state laws in your state to make sure that you know what you can and can't do and what types of requirements that there may be or limits. So um, for instance, um, are there requirements on who your p- protocol prescriber is or are there age limits for certain vaccines or um, things that you have to do if you give one? And then if you have any questions, they can always contact the Board of Pharmacy or their compliance officers um, for help and, and rules.
2: On and getting that done. getting that done, yes. What would you say to a brand new pharmacy in the area that just opened, Um, they want to get started with immunizations, but, you know, they don't have that established doctor relationship for getting a protocol signed. Um, Any tips, tricks that they can reach out and with a doctor that way or um, do you recommend that it's better to, you know, wait until those relationships are established more? Kind of what's your take on that?
1: Um, It really does help if you have a relationship with a provider because I think there has to be a level of trust there because, you know, they're signing a protocol for you to do something, so they need to know um, how you're going to do it. So if you don't have that relationship, I would suggest reaching out to um, maybe like a family provider or an internist in the area because they're going to have a vested interest in having their patients vaccinated as well. But maybe invite them to come into your pharmacy and walk them through, you know, how you're going to screen patients and document and what kind of communication you're going to provide to them and your staff's credentials. Because um, if they feel comfortable with how you're going to do things, then they'd probably be more willing and likely to sign a protocol.
2: Okay, and you know, a good opportunity, I guess, for them to start building that relationship is to make that connection with the the signer of their protocol. So, um, so kind of some bigger news uh, that just came out um, a few weeks ago regarding flu season is um, ACIP's recommendation that. To not do flu mist this year. How would you say that's going to impact um, flu season, uh, particularly vaccinating kids in your area?
1: Um, I think this is going to have a huge impact and I think um, a lot of providers we weren't really expecting this because as you may remember just two years ago, flu mist had a preferential recommendation over injectable influenza vaccine in certain age groups. I think it was ages two to eight. So um, now for just two years later to not recommend flu mist is, is kind of a big change and this has been um, you know really helped increase kids immunizations because a lot of kids have fear of needles and just made parents feel more comfortable so I think it's going to have a huge impact I think the biggest thing is we're going to have to go back to education so you know what I talked about earlier was getting educated and becoming an expert I think you're going to really need to be educated to be able to tell the parents you know, why flu mist is not available this year. And, you know, the answer to that is is basically the ACIP, which is the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, looked at some data and didn't feel that there was the effectiveness there that it needed to be in order to recommend it. So I think, um, you know, they're still looking at data and looking at different studies, but for this year, it's not gonna be recommended. Um, doesn't mean that it's maybe not going to be next year. But you know, I think that they're there to protect the public, and that's what we tell them, is they're there to protect the public and make sure that the vaccines that we give are safe and effective and that they help prevent diseases. So this year what we're going to have is an injectable. Um, I would urge them to make sure that they receive the quadrivalent, which contains the four different strains um, of, vac- of the influenza virus versus the trivalent. Um, And just to kind of work through with the parents on the needle phobia and and how to work with kids who might be afraid of immunizations
2: Okay, so I'm a pharmacy owner and you know, I I really want to grow my my flu business this year So I've decided to try to tackle giving on-site flu clinics at local businesses um, but I'm not really sure how would I get started doing that? Um, you know, what tips do you have um, for somebody to to go out and get the word out on that?
1: So um, first what I would do is is kind of reach out to some local businesses, especially if you have businesses that you have a good relationship with for other things or um maybe businesses that are just close in proximity to you and I think a lot of people think they have to go after you know large businesses that employ hundreds of people and you know small businesses are just as good of a candidate for it because they may even be more affected by having someone out and missing day's work than a larger business that can maybe compensate so find a list of businesses and reach out to them with a letter um, explain to them you know why it's important for their employees to be vaccinated and what types of um, services you can offer for them. So do you come on site or not, how you do pricing, education, just let them know everything that you can do for them. Um, and make sure that you follow up. So um, you can send a letter, but you know that letter may get put in a pile, so don't think that just sending a letter and email is enough. So, so make some follow-up phone calls or emails and set the groundwork and the relationship with them. The human resource people are great people to reach out to and talk to if there is a human resource department at their work. Those are usually the people who will set up wellness programs for employers. And then starting early, making sure that you let them know in maybe July or August that this is the time to start thinking about it. It seems very early, but you want to make sure that they have time to um, talk about it and get funding and put it in their budget and Pick a date that works well and get that scheduled on your calendar, and set ground rules. Let them know um, exactly what types of things you can do and what's expected of them, and how the payment will work, and all of that. So, of course, they could use GRX Marketing for some of those services as well.
2: Yeah, we do have a Im- immunization binder that um, Sherry has put together that has everything and anything that you need to know about uh, flu season and doing clinics and. Um, that sort of thing as well to guide you through step-by-step step. and I also think it's probably a good thing to get your techs involved with and have them maybe do some of the follow-up as well. Would you think so? Or Absolutely, that's something. It certainly doesn't have to be the pharmacist that makes that follow-up phone call. Um, that could be a
1: support staff person, um, maybe someone in your business department or a technician. Just make sure that um, they are armed with the tools that they need to answer questions that may come up.
2: Okay, perfect. Um, Now, something that we haven't had to deal with for a few years, but I think it's always good to touch on it because you never know when it's going to happen, is there ends up being a shortage um, of flu vaccine for a year. So, um, So not enough vaccine to go around. How would you recommend a pharmacy owner deals with public feedback and just handling not having enough vaccine to go around? That is always difficult because it usually creates panic and um,
1: sometimes anger and frustration and people who've never wanted a flu shot before that now suddenly want a flu shot. (laughs) So the best thing that that I can tell you advice is, um, you know, it's always different based on the situation, but be organized and have a plan and talk with your staff and sit down and make sure everyone knows what your plan is and how you're gonna deal with things. And so some of the things that you need to think about is how are you going to allocate or distribute the vaccine that you do have? Is that going to be based on a first come first serve? Or are you going to have some type of criteria that they need to meet to to say that they are at high risk? Do they need to be a patient of yours or not? Um, If they do need to be a patient, what, what qualifies as being a patient? Um, so I would just make sure that you have a plan and have, you know, something that's consistent that you can stick with and that everybody understands what that
2: is. Okay. So outlining in the beginning and not trying to do it based on emotion later on where you've got a little vaccine left and, you know, you want to make everybody happy. So. Right.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: okay. you want to just make sure that you have that plan and everyone knows what it is so you're not
1: changing it partway through mm-hmm. and making different mm-hmm. rules for different people.
2: Okay. Any other advice and tips that you know you would give a, a pharmacy owner out there that um is looking to grow their immunization base for their pharmacy?
1: You know, I I think this is a huge area where pharmacists can make a big impact in population health and, and that ends up usually being very positive for your bottom line of your business as well. So, you know, overall adult immunization rates are very, very low. Um, I saw the most recent data is for adults age 19 and over, only about 43% receive an annual influenza vaccine and that may vary based on a lot of different things, but a lot of times it's no one asks them, it's not convenient, they don't know it's covered by insurance, Um, you know, maybe they have myths that they think that it causes the flu um, or something like that. So I really think the biggest thing pharmacists can do is not only give immunizations, but also screen patients regularly for needed immunizations and educate them about why they need them and about the side effects and the effectiveness and just kind of preparing them for um, immunization. So I think if a healthcare provider, which would include a pharmacist, educate the patient about a vaccine, um, they are very, very likely to receive that vaccine.
2: Because sometimes the customer just, you know, maybe they don't know what is best for them to get and, you know, what's available in your pharmacy. So just taking that first step and asking absolutely good absolutely making making the ask is the first thing and then educating them about it
1: answering their questions i think pharmacists can really this is a place they really can be an expert um just like they are in um in medications and because of the accessibility and the convenience and the fact that we can bill insurances um really i think the pharmacy is the place that a lot of people are going to be receiving vaccinations in the future
2: well, it's exciting to see, you know, the additional vaccines that are being offered. And, um, you know, I agree, it's just a great springboard um, to not only get new people in your, your store, but um, to help those that are already patients. So um, Sherry, thanks so much for your time today. Um, really appreciate all your expertise advice. For more hints, tips, and tricks on not only marketing your immunizations, but also um, your, all of your pharmacy services be sure to check out our website at grxmarketing.com and uh, thanks so much and have a great day thank you
0: we hope you enjoyed another episode of the pharmacy podcast show Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at PharmacyPodcast.com.